When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you're dead. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. All right. How you doing, everyone? I am Russ Salzberg, and welcome to Big Blue Kickoff here on Giants.com and the Giants app. Give us a call at 201-939-4513. Joining me today and every Wednesday hereafter, my good friend and colleague, Paul Dottino. And Paulie Dots, I got to tell you, my friend, after being out for two years because of COVID, I am beyond thrilled to be back just talking big blue business, my friend. Yeah, I don't blame you, Russ. It, it has oh. been a crazy couple of years for everybody. And the fact that week one is here of the 2020 season and things are now restored to what was in 2019 is a comfort level for all of us. Hey, hey, when you and I and everybody else last Thursday were in the locker room for the first time in two years, it was like... Talk about ducks out of water. It was strange. It was. Operating for two years, not having that personal. And, you know, we got through it. But it's just great being back. It's great to to see uh, an enthused giant squad. We're going to talk about that because you and I just got back from listening to all the coaches. Uh, it, it's Look, a new season always brings the same thing enthusiasm excitement i don't care if you went zero and 16 the year before i mean, really a new season always brings you know optimism and if it doesn't bring optimism then you're going into it you can't be going into the season the glass half empty it's got to be half full uh it, it, it's like what uh, wing martindale said today you know when somebody asked him uh what do you think this defense, do you think like like do you think it could be the best? Do you think it could be top five? And Wink's attitude was very matter of factly. No, I mean if I didn't think it could be the best, I want to have taken the job. And that's a guy, you know, it's not like a young guy getting a break. He's been around the block a few times. Well, I thought that was pretty interesting. Oh, he's got a very long list of credentials and has been amongst the top defensive coordinators in this league for a while. So I believe that he understands the ingredients that it takes to be a top defense. 
And I think while they may not have been here when he walked into the building, he must think that they're pointing in the right direction. Or in all honesty, why would he walk into a failing situation? It wouldn't make any sense for him. At this stage of his career, he does not need to walk into a disaster. He doesn't. He must believe that the Giants are a team that's going to be on the way up. Well, folks, I'll, I'll tell you, Paul can you know verify this. Listening to him talk today, we, we listened to all the... Um, uh, the, the coordinators, and then, you know, Dave's stopped by for a quick uh, drive-by, as he calls it. But uh, the the way Wink was saying it, it, it's like the enthusiasm in his voice to get the season started. And I'll tell you, that kind of impressed me in the locker room. And th- this might be inside information that, you know, the, the fans don't see. But when we walked into that locker room last week, that locker room, new guys are one thing, but a lot of the lockers were changed. And that was not done just haphazardly. That was done strategically, mm-hmm. logistically. He wanted to build, uh, Dave's, did, Brian Dable did, wanted to build camaraderie. It was very interesting walking into the locker room where uh, Daniel Jones was moved to the other side. <laughs> yes. And all of a sudden, and who is next to Daniel Jones? Kadarius Tony. And who is next to Kadarius Tony on his other side? Sterling Shepard. Right. I don't think that is a accident by no. p- putting Kadarius in the middle of two of the most solid citizens in that locker room. Mm-hmm. You know, and then across, you have the, the camaraderie that's already there. With the um, d- defensive guys, Paulie, uh, from from uh, sexy uh, Dexy and and uh, <laughs> and Leonard Marshall, and, 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 Leonard and Williams. Le- I said Le- Marshall. No, Le- Leonard Williams. Well, some some uh, old habits are hard to break. <laughs> and they are, indeed, they are. No, but but and, and Kayvon Thibodeau's right and, there. And Kayvon and uh, Aziz. I, I just thought it and and Adori. I, I you can sense the camaraderie that's been built. Now, listen, folks. It's always fun when you don't have any losses no, on your record. No, th- this is a win business. You know, if, if you don't win enough, you lose your jobs. Unfortunately, we've seen that far too many times over the past few years. But, uh, again, you go into it with enthusiasm. When people ask me, what do I want from this season? What I want from this season? Can we start with everybody being healthy? Competitive, improving on the way up, meaningful games in December. All of those things would be really, really good. And if they have a winning record, even better. But, you know, let's get the other things in line first. Yeah. Uh, so let's start off with, I'll, I'll ask you flat out, if you had to put numbers on, on wins and losses this season, what do you think you're looking uh, at? I have suggested, and I guess now I might as well make it firm because week one is here and the roster is set. We know what the roster is now, the 53 53- 53-man roster is set. I think the Giants are an 8- or 9-win team. I think I will settle for 8-9 and nine as my prediction. I think 9 wins are possible. They could be a 9-8 and eight team. I think that's realistic. I think I see them as 3-3 three and three in the division, and I could very easily see them win 5 games outside of the division looking at their schedule. And if they can squeak out an extra win there and get a 6th win... Yeah, I, I don't think it's a total stretch to think they could win nine games. I don't know if that's going to get you in the playoffs, though, Russ. No, I, I agree with you. And it's funny that, that you said 
eight or nine because <laughs> I was doing an interview on the radio this morning. That's exactly what I said. Did eight, you? Eight or nine. I just think this team, you know, there was people ask me all the time, and I'm sure you get it till you're sick of it. What can we expect? What can we expect? You, you, I can't expect anything unless I know the guys are going to be on the field healthy. We haven't seen that for three years. Right. I mean, you, when the, the ad nauseum, the question regarding Daniel Jones, well, let Daniel Jones be healthy. Let the offensive line keep him upright. I, the one guy that I'm really, really excited about, because I think he's going to be back to what he was damn near as a rookie, is Saquon Barkley. I, agree. I, I really believe he's ready to rock and roll. The enthusiasm, he's got a little getty up to his gate. He, he's, you know, fired up about, you know, people, they say, uh, is he playing with a chip on his shoulder? I don't know that it's a chip on his shoulder. I think he's fed up, for lack of a better term. He's pissed off. He hasn't had a chance to be healthy. How uh, about a newfound determination? Is that fair? Yeah, I, I would I would say that, but I see I don't even think he ever. You, you've got to be careful saying that, Paul, and I know where you're going with it, because that might suggest a newfound determination, as if he might have lost his determination. He never lost his determination. No, I think he just added some to it. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, that's that's he just added. He, it, it's that much more. I mean, he's got a. Um, the the you know some the fire eye of the tiger some fire in his belly right now. Mm-hmm. Well, listen. What do you say we uh, the number folks to give a call is two zero one nine three nine four five one three. That's two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Real quick, Russ, just to get people updated on the news of the day. Brian Dable said Darius Slayton is back out at practice today. He right. was excused yesterday. They took care of some contract business, right. him and Joe Shane, but he's back out at practice today, so that's one piece of information. He said uh, Thibodeau and Ojolari are expected to do more today, but they're still day-to-day, and all others are planned to work at practice. So that's our news update as to where we stand. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm glad. It tells you also something about uh, Darius, that he wanted to be here. No doubt. I, I mean, he was cut from like two point four to like uh, nine hundred thousand and change, whatever the heck it was. The bottom line is, he wants to be here, so he's here. So they worked it out yesterday. He's back uh, on the field today, and we rock and roll again. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. That's two zero one nine three nine four five three four five one three is the number to call. Let's go to Cape Cod and check in with John. Hello, John. How you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys? Good. Listen, I'm sorry I missed the live yesterday with Howard Cross. Uh, I was at the doctor's and got to listen to it about two hours later. Anyway, Howard, if you're listening, i got to tell you, thanks for all the good years. Every championship team needs a Howard Cross. As far as I'm concerned, you're the best giant tight end that nobody ever talks about. Because whenever it was time to make a play, whenever there was clutch time, you were always around. Very reliable player and the best blocking tight end I'd ever seen. Well, he was right up. Well, the Mr. Bavaro wasn't bad either. You think he was a better blocker than Mark Bavaro? Yeah, I do. I do. He was virtually an offensive lineman. I mean, Parcells considered him an extra offensive lineman. That's how good well, he was. Well, that was his game. His game was more blocking than anything else, but that went in line, uh, John, with um, 
you know, Bill Parcells and his, uh, you know, line of scheme. thinking. And that was it, the scheme. Then it just continued on after Bill left. But thanks for the call, John. Do appreciate it. What do you say? A lot we of na- static on that line. Yeah, a lot of static. Let's go, uh, well, local. Uh, let's go to Cliff here in New York. Cliff, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, guys? Great Hi. to be on with you. Um, Russ, it's, it's great to, to hear you, man. Um, I don't know what kind of a memory it is for you, but the first thing I think of is uh, a certain exchange you had at a press conference with Bill Parcells. With, with Bill? Which one, are yeah. you ta- which one are you talking about? Well, you kind of stood up to him once, you know. You didn't like the way he was talking to you. No, no, I think you're making a mistake, and shame on you. I say that in jest, but shame on you for mistaking Bill Parcells with Ray Hanley. <laughs> no, no, they didn't wear the same sweater. No, it, it was Ray Hanley who who was the uh, we we had a little set to. It wasn't Bill Parcells. I I never. Oh, ha- I'm sorry. I thought it was. No, huh. no, no. It was Ray Hanley. Ray Hanley. Oh, okay. Well, it served them and, right. And, and if, if if Bill would see you, he probably I say this. Jesting would smack you in the mouth for comparing him to Ray Hanley. <laughs> and I will testify well, from, on Russ's behalf because I was there. Oh, okay. Well, from Bill, I would take a smack in the mouth. It's all right. Okay. Anyway, anyway, uh, let, uh, I think uh, Paul was there last week when, when I, I brought up that I was worried about the Lions because of the way they finished last year. And I, people jumped on that and said, no, there's no carryover from one year to the next so I just wanted to raise that again, not so much the Lions per se, but with the Titans. I mean, um, we, we, everybody said there was no carryover, but we're talking about the Titans as having this great offensive line, and and uh, and they expect Derrick Henry to be back where he was. And we we had a um, I don't want to jump around on you too much here, but we we had a. Um, uh, a preview uh, over in the off season there, uh, where the first one we did was was the Titans, and we had the guy on from the Titans. And after he was finished talking, I was thinking we would never beat them. And then after our guys spoke, I thought we could beat them. And I and I think during that conversation, there was a question about whether Derrick Henry could really be the Superman that we're used to, because um, he didn't look like it in the playoff game against the Bengals. Well, I think he ran we ran for like 60-something yards in that game, right? About 20 times for 60-something yards after missing nine games because of a broken foot. Yeah. Now, he's had a lot of time to heal, but it's my understanding, and even if you recall listening to the Titans media representative that we talked to over the offseason, he did say that he wondered how much of a bell cow would Henry be to start the season. They may not load him up with 25, 27, 28 carries a game right out of the box. They may be looking to share some of that load. So if that's what you're referring to, that was a a thought that I had, and the media rep out of Tennessee, who's part of the broadcast team, agreed with me. Cliff, let me just say this, and, and Paulie was standing right there with me. Wink Martindale gave... Oh, he loves him. Gave Henry the ultimate compliment today, and that was he's the modern-day Jim Brown. And if, wow. you, if you follow football and, huh. and you follow it closely, that is the absolute ultimate compliment. The modern, oh, yeah, that's... The, the modern-day Jim Brown. Thanks for the call, Cliff. Well, that... You, you okay. know, the interesting part, uh, Russ, the uh, weather forecast right now for Sunday game time, 89% chance of rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a grass field. Obviously, it's in great shape because it's only September. So it hasn't been beaten up. Right. So it's a beautiful field. 
But does that it, concern you, the weather? Uh, I would think, I would think it would impact the passing game a lot. And the Giants have what we think will be a better passing game with Daniel Jones as compared to Ryan Tannehill. You, you and I were both surprised yesterday with the weather conditions being what they were for practice. Dave's had them out he did. In, in the pouring rain for that very reason. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, listen, we've got to get used to it, got to be prepared. So um, if he's confident, that's what we need. Because if he's confident, his players have to be confident moving forward. I, I never like watching games in, in rain. You know, I'd rather see a nice day. Well, it's supposed to be that way all weekend in Nashville. So now, if it's that way on Saturday, now you're talking about a very soggy turf on Sunday. I don't know enough about their field to know how muddy it could get. Right. But, you know, Henry's the kind of guy who, you know, is going to want to grind it out. And if the field conditions are difficult, it could play a factor. Again, folks, the number to call is 201-939-4513. Again, you're watching Big Blue Kickoff here on Giants.com and the Giants app. Let's take care of a little bit of business right here. Giants season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just $100. That's a, you know, $100. That's not bad, $100. Uh, De Niro, Clams, Scarol, whatever you want to call it. C-Note's not bad. Call 888-NYG-1925. That's 888-NYG-1925. Or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Let's get back to the phones. Let's go to Kasari in the Bronx. Hello, Kasari. How you doing today? Hello. How are you guys? Good, Kasari. What's up? Hey, I'm just calling as far as um, the season open is concerned. Uh, I was listening the other day at the last podcast, and Howard Cross made a great, great um, comment as far as the physicality on uh, uh, of the game itself. Um, I'm hoping that you know we can get out of this game in some some type of shape, you know, decent order, because I, I don't feel like our uh, second second unit is is fairly strong enough. So we need to really, really be physical in this game, if you know what I mean. I listen. They've spoken, you know, from from Joe Shane to Dave's to everybody else about the physicality they want. But I'll tell you what: you talk about this game, and Paul, uh, I think you feel the same way. I've been covering this for a long time, watching football for a long time, as has Paul. I'll tell you, it's hit me with watching the injuries over the last few years. Really, the violence of this sport, how difficult it is. Day in and day out. I mean, I see guys going down in practice, in games, uh, out for seasons, just in a finger snap. And it's a very, the more I, I cover it, I'm covering it for, you know, a long time, the, the more you realize this is a grind. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for safety measures to improve the numbers as much as they possibly can, Russ. But I just wonder, are we at a point where guys are so much bigger, faster, stronger than they've ever been before as athletes? Is it just going to be inherent in the game that there's not going to be really any way to scientifically cut back on injuries? I kind of agree. I just, you know, concussions are one thing, but I'm just talking about ACLs, MCLs, this and that. It's just, it just seems nonstop. So, you know, Kasari, there's no argument from, from I don't think, anybody. You're not going to go down 
and, and try and beat the Titans without being physical. Yeah, absolutely. And the game has changed so much, you know, um, as far as the pass is concerned. Whereas I feel like guys hold back a little bit more. And with that being said, sometimes that can actually cause injuries too. So, you know, back in the days when it was a real gridiron, hard body, physical game, you know, guys were just all in. And, and the chances of them holding back and tweaking, and if you, if you know what I mean, sometimes just the field will snatch you and, you know, you hold them back on the tackle because you've you got to go at a certain angle with a certain technique and things of that nature. So, you know, the, the, the actual game itself has changed so much where I feel like a lot of the, the actual injuries are caused by that to a certain degree. Well, the one rule where they talked about the, uh, the, the spearing or the high hits and the hits to the head and so forth, they've told basically the defensive players with the new rules that you've got to go low. Well, we all know when you go low, you're running the risk of knee injuries, ankle injuries, ad nauseum, and everything else. Yeah. And I remember Howard Cross when they first put those rules into effect a few years ago. Howard was doing the show, and Howard just said, "You watch, the number of leg injuries in this league is going to increase." And I, I don't have anything to dispute that because it seems like he was right. Uh, it, it's. Right. It almost seems like it's one after another. That's why I say I it just listen. I remember maybe it was 1960. OK, so I'm dating myself. I remember watching on 20th Century, OK, hosted by Walter Cronkite. They did a thing, the violent world Sam of Huff. Sam Huff. Yeah. You know, when he was mic'd and this and that. And, and thank you for the call, Kasari. And, and, and that was then. Right. That's how long ago is that? Okay, 1960. We're talking 62 years ago. I mean, it, it's and it's only getting more violent. And, and when I say violent, I'm I'm not saying. Uh, listen, I don't want football to go away. I mean, it's part of my life, a big time part of it. But it's just I, I'm having a greater appreciation now than ever before of what these guys go through and what they put their bodies through. It's just, it's nonstop, nonstop. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 201-939-4513 is the number. Give us a call here at Big Blue Kickoff. Russ Salzberg with my buddy, Paul Dottino. Let's, uh, here in Jersey, have a chat with Brandon. Hello, Brandon. How you doing today? Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on yeah. with you? Uh, everything's good. I feel like uh, <clears throat> with our predictions is pretty good. I feel like we can win 10 games this year. You know, you talk about the Cromartie in the, uh, in the locker room. I feel like the players is holding uh, each other more accountable this year. I feel as though that this team is just really sick and tired of just losing. And I think they want to do everything in their possibility to give us a winning season. And it kind of reminds me of that 017. Not saying we're going to the Super Bowl. I don't know. We don't, this lead is unpredictable. They was counting the quarterback out. You know what I mean? We, we got a new coach. But, you know, I just want to – Daniel Jones, be you know, talk to Eli about situations like this where, you know, everybody wanted Eli gone and he delivered. So, you know, I just hope that, you know, I, you know my question is, do you think Daniel Jones talked to Eli uh, about these types of situations? And I feel like we have a new, uh, a better offensive line than we had in years. 
Okay, a couple of points. A couple of points real quick. No doubt Eli Manning and Daniel Jones have spoken. There's no question about that. They're friends. Uh, Daniel Jones has learned a lot from Eli over the years. So you can check that box. But here's what you have to remember about the 2017. They dominated both sides of the line of scrimmage. That offensive line became one of the best offensive lines in football. They gelled together so well as a, as a unit. They may not have been the best players in the league, but as a unit, they were as good as anybody in the league. No matter how improved this offensive line is over last year, there's no way in the world in their wildest dreams that they're going to be able to predict right now that they will have the best offensive line in the league this season. No. That's just asking an awful lot. Okay, I don't even think in their wildest fantasies they could imagine that. So that's number one in terms of the, the, this line of scrimmage. Number two, think of that defensive line. There is no way in the world that you could possibly project this defensive line no, to course. be as good as that one either. That defensive line was dominant. But, I mean, dominant. But, Paulie, let me remind you and Brandon of something since Brandon you know, brought up 2007. And I know you remember it well, Paul. Uh, they lost the first game in Dallas that 2017, oh, yeah. 45-35. They lost the next game at home to Green Bay looking awful, 35-13. They were in Washington the next week. If I stand, if I memory serves me right, I think they were losing 16 3. It was a goal line stand at one. They were losing 16 3 at the half. They win the game 24 17, and then from there, it was rocking and rolling. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, my point, my point is, though, that that year, nobody expected the Giants to do anything. They just thought this. That that team wasn't going to do nothing, and we had a lot of unknown uh, players. You no, know, but no, uh, you, you, but no, Paul, no, no. Paul brought up a very good point, and, and thanks for the call, Brandon. You, you can't listen from your mouth to God's ears. The Giants should do something like that, but they had some players on that team, especially on that defense. What are you talking there, there, about? There's no Strahan or O.C. Humanura on this no, team. No, there's just not. No. I'm sorry. I, I, there's I, not. I mean, come on. You, you know, we, we haven't – and that's not knocking any of these guys. No, not at all. No, not a, no, no disrespect. No, none whatsoever. We're but, just holding those – I mean, one guy's a Hall of Famer and O.C. was a multiple-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, you know um, – What's his name? Justin Tucker. That that's not wasn't a bad guy. <laughs> no, you, you know what I'm I should not leave Justin no, out. That, but that's the what point I'm saying. Is, it starts with those other two guys, and Justin's right in there. No, no, these guys, these guys are so unproven. Not that Leonard Williams is, or that Dexter Lawrence isn't a good player, but you cannot expect this defensive front to command anywhere near the respect that that team did. You can't. You just can't. And we all know football teams have to be built from the inside out. You've got to win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and then it spreads out to the other units. So, no, I'm, I, I, I don't want to go anywhere near that projection. No. But if you're going to tell me that these guys have a lot of potential, I'll agree with you. Are they going to be quick risers? Maybe. Could they possibly win 10 games? I, I guess anything's possible. I'm saying eight or nine. So did you. 
10? That's not so far out of whack. I think that's a little much. No, but you're, but you're talking you, a game. You, steal you, a couple you, of games. You, Maybe you do. You're also talking if, if you, a few breaks go your way. I mean, that's always the case in, in anything. Here's what I will say, Russ. This team's not going 17-0, okay? <laughs> now, I'd be surprised if we got that <laughs> So would I. I. I'd be surprised if we got that way. But, uh, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you, when you talk about just – since he brought it up, the 2017, uh, 2017, the you know what was the best game in that season for me? The last game of the regular season when oh, wow. when when it was playing for nothing and they had the the Patriots coming in and they had the Patriots by the you know what over at at Old Giant Stadium yeah. and they played like they were playing for a Super Bowl and they sent the message in that game and no nobody will ever tell me convince me anything differently that that carry over that didn't carry over uh, but anyway he talking about Daniel Jones and I'm going to bring this up and put it to rest you guys can call and tell me what you think. Again, the number is 201-939-4513. I've discussed it with Paul several times sitting in a dining room and wherever we are. This business of the constant, you know, I was reading it again today. You know, if, uh, you, you know, the, the Giants hierarchy, Shane and Dave's, if Daniel Jones is not the guy, we got to go get the guy. Listen. And and it's constantly brought up, well, he didn't get the extension, so, you know, they have questions. This is the new regime coming in, a brand new regime coming in. It's Joe Shane's job to ascertain what he's got. That goes for every position on the team, right. in particular the quarterback, because that is a multi-million dollar investment. I love Daniel Jones. You love Daniel Jones. But you know what? Joe Shane wouldn't be doing his job if he said he, him and Dave's came in so automatically, didn't know Daniel except from what they read or saw about him, and we're going to give this guy car blanche. You can't do that. I'm, I'm sure they want everything to work out for Daniel Jones. I am certain of that. But, like, let's not make it, well, they have questions about this and they have questions about that. Can Daniel do this? Can Daniel do that? They have to find out. They have to see him. Let's see him healthy for a year. That's what I'd like to see. That'd be a good start. No, but really, it's... Russ, here's what I said the other day on the program, and I made this very clear to the folks, and and I I know John agreed. You may agree also. I think if Daniel Jones has a super season, and I I shouldn't use that word. Let's just say a, a, a terrific season. He'll get a new deal. Absolutely. Positively. He'll get a new deal. Case closed. If he just has a good season, they could tag him for a year. Right. And they could buy some more time going into next year on a team that they see on the way up and retain him. And they're still in a position of strength. If he has a mediocre year, I do suspect that he will wind up somewhere else. And Tyrod Taylor will wind up being the bridge quarterback next season. But I think the bar for Daniel Jones to stay here is he's got to be good. Well, I, I, hello. And, 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 and is that really a shock whoa, to anybody? Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Th- that's the whole th- point. That that's right? why I brought it up. He's got to be good. He's got to be good. Well, I mean, if he's not good, why are you going to give him an extension? Exactly. Why are you going to sign him up? But until you determine that, you can't make a decision. But but what, what I'm saying is when all this – and listen, we you and I have been through quarterback controversies and this crap – 
going on forever, okay? But uh, really, if the guy's got it, it's up to Dable and Shane to see what they have in him. They couldn't do it right away. And, and when you say, well, why couldn't they do it right away? Well, they couldn't do it right away because it wasn't just looking at the tape. It was seeing him in the locker room. It was seeing him in the facility. Right. It was seeing him, his leadership. It was seeing his work ethic. They wanted to see all those things. And thus far from what we hear, time in and time out, day in and day out from Dave's is what kind of leader he is, his work ethic, how hard he does. Every coach says the same thing. But let's see him healthy. You know, I remember, folks, not too long ago when you had Andrew uh, Thomas, you had... Uh, Shane Lemieux, um, Matt Pert, three rookies starting on the offensive line, Paul, and you had basically, not basically, you had a first-year center in Nick Gates, and everybody was thinking, wow, this bodes well for and the future. And a young Will Hernandez on that line, too, yeah, and, and it didn't work out so well. Yeah, That's the point. But, you know, injuries crippled everything, threw it right out the window, R- right out the window, and, and that's why. Let's see everybody be healthy. You know, it, it's not just keeping Daniel up um, upright. You know, it's, let's see the holes getting open for um, uh, number 26, Saquon, and l- let him be able to do his thing. Look, for this team to come anywhere near the 10 wins that our caller was asking for, Galladay, Barkley, and Jones all have to play really well. Is that possible? Absolutely it is. Is it also possible that... Barkley's injury history comes back and bites him? It could. Could Jones's injury history come back and bite him? Or Galladay's come back and bite him? Sure it could. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's guaranteed that those guys will all play the whole season. But if they do and put up the kind of performance that is commensurate with their talent and their skill level, the Giants are going to be okay. The, the guy that I want to see healthy, and, and of course all three of the men that you just mentioned, is KT, Kadarius Tony, because he throw he, him in that mix too. He, Why not? He teased us last year. Yeah, he e- did. Every time we saw him, we were saying, wow. Like, wow. Like, this guy is something special. I mean, he is a star in the making. He, he's explosive. He, he's got moves every which way. You got to be on a field. You know, moves in the facility, moves in the weight room, moves in rehabbing. We don't want to hear that. We want to see moves between the lines. That's yeah. what we want to see the moves on. You know, it, it's it's a, uh, as I said, it's a violent sport. But listen, you get paid a lot of money or you want to get paid a lot of money. And if you want to get paid a lot of money, there's one way to do it is show Produce. You can be productive. Produce. You know, got to be we'll, healthy. We'll, we'll get our first injury report officially today at the end of practice. Right for the week, and then just so folks understand this, because it's a weird week going into week one. Coach Dable decided to um, schedule his practices and his off days like they did in Buffalo because they had two weeks off from the preseason finale till the first regular season game. And he said in Buffalo, they always took the Thursday off before that first game. Usually, the Giants will have Tuesday off during the course of the regular season. But he was working off Buffalo's old schedule, so that means tomorrow the Giants will be off. And then on Monday, they'll have a full practice, the walkthrough on Saturday, followed by the midday plane ride to Tennessee 
to go play the Titans on Sunday. So it's a little bit of a different schedule, and that's why uh, you know we're all anxious to see what that first injury report will reveal uh, after today's practice. I do expect Ojolari and Thibodeau, at the very most, they'll be limited. I don't think we're going to read that they fully practiced. No, I, I would I, really I, doubt that. No, I, I, if you had a gut feeling, gun to your head, they play on Sunday? I'd like to see that report first, but I'd say the odds are probably diminishing. I just I don't have a feel because I don't know and look yesterday they were they were very limited okay and and well that, but yesterday I would expect know. it to be limited out with that weather as well guys coming off some injuries you know in, in the rain and what Tony says he's playing though yeah he made it very clear well let's see that that's the big one let's right now they'll take care of a little bit of business here. Folks, don't miss your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giants games and world-class concerts in 2022 as a Giants suite partner. That's right. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925. That's 888-NYG-1925. Or, as always, visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Paulie? So um, one other thing that I wanted to mention is coming into this game, and we talked about it a tad the other day, but really didn't get into it because we weren't previewing the Titans game quite quite a, a lot, is that uh, Harold Landry, who's out because of uh, his knee injury for the year, right. that's, a, that's a double-digit sack loss for the Titans. So Bud Dupree, who last year, as we know, was his first year back from a torn ACL, played half the season, had like three sacks, claimed that he was just about getting back to full strength in December of last season, and then the season came to a close, and that's the last we heard of him. Uh, he right now is the primary focus of the Titans' pass rush. He will mostly line up opposite left tackle uh, Andrew Thomas for the most part. Right. But I'm very interested, and if you heard uh, Mike Kafka today, folks, and I know you didn't, but Russ and I were out there, he basically said, look, we did watch the preseason tape. We know what the Titans do. But we have to be ready for wrinkles and we have to be ready for some new stuff coming out. The, because without Harold Landry there, the Titans are going to want to be a little more creative with their pass rush. I don't think they want the Giants to know exactly what Bud Dupree is going to do. Well, of course not. I mean, I mean, so, that's, it's, it's the same thing when, when the coaches, when Dable and everybody else. And right. it, it was predecessors and from going back to ourselves. Nobody wants to tip their hand as far as their injuries. So, so if you're the Giants, what I'm really curious about is what kind of adjustments will the Titans make? Because they only lost Landry a couple of weeks ago. So what adjustments are they going to make? in terms of trying to recreate their pass rush and how quickly will the Giants react to it? Because Bud Dupree, can, when he was with Pittsburgh a few years ago, he had 11 sacks and almost 70 tackles. Right. He can hurt you. He can hurt you. So it's gonna, that's going to be a very interesting matchup for me as I'm watching the first half of this game. Mm -hmm. How are they using Dupree and how are the Giants reacting? We shall see. 
201-939-4513. Let's go up to Portland, Maine. I knew he would call today. Charlie, Charlie, <laughs> Charlie. How you doing, Charlie? Hey, Russ. Good. I had I had to call in. I hear you were on, so I had to say hello and welcome back, my friend. Thank you. It's been a long two years. Not fun yeah. not being able to be in a building, and of course I missed this and the whole business, so glad to be back, Charlie. Yeah, and definitely taking my call. That was another thing you missed, right? Oh, always, always. <laughs> Last one of the week, by the way, Charlie. Yeah. Oh, that's right. See, I even they only allow me to call in twice a week. Oh, is that right? I had to call in just to say hello to you. Yeah. Well, then I'm flattered. So, so in other words, <laughs> for lack of a better term, Charlie, you're still being a bit of a pain in the keister. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they think so. Yeah. Okay. What? <laughs> Hey, I got a question for you. I heard, I guess, that uh, Daniel Jones uh, is not in practice today because of personal reasons. Is that true, Paul? We were. I, I, we saw, were, him, we I were, saw him walk out. Uh, I saw him earlier, and to be honest with you, we had to get into the studio right before practice started. So we do not have an eyewitness account on that. And well, without that, I hesitate well, to comment. When, when we were listening to um, getting ready to listen to uh, Kafka. I saw Daniel walk I, out. I thought I saw Daniel not as thought, well. Not thought. He did walk out. He was walk out in his pads carrying his helmet. But I did not see any practice at no. all because we had to get to the studio. So I want to uh, basically okay. reserve comment. Yeah, I, I mean, that's fair okay. enough, enough. But you know, yeah, Sometimes, I hate to say this, sometimes yeah. practice will conflict with the show. And we've got a show to right, do, right, and so right. we don't have a window out to practice. Right. We're, we're kind of, once we're in the studio, we're in the studio. So there's nothing right, I can I, I can't even give you an update on Angelari or Thibodeau right now because I I right. don't have anything. I'm in the studio. Right. Well, look, I, I think they you know they wait till they're 100. percent And if that is Dallas game, that's fine with me. There's no sense rushing these two guys out and getting re-injured. We need these guys. It's a 17 game season. If they miss one or two games, it's not a big deal. Let them be 100. percent You know, calf injuries can be weird. You, know, you remember Cruz, what happened to him? Hey, Charlie, you know? let, let, let me tell you, this is one time we totally agree because when, when first of all, when, I don't have to tell you, when Thibodeau went down, everybody's heart dropped. Everybody's right. heart dropped. And you're saying to yourself, oh, my God. Like, for a second, I'm saying, boy, is this team jinxed? I mean, oh, my. Then he gets up and walks off. And, you know, to me, to hear yeah. that he was going to miss maybe three or four weeks, we dodged a bullet. And then... At the end of what was it, Paul? The end of the Giants uh, Jets practice. Oh, uh, Ojolari goes down. Yeah I, yeah, I mean, it's like, huh? And yeah, you, you think about it: two key components. What would have happened if both of those guys were gone for the season? I mean, we, we, I we were all enthused about this Giants defense, and I know you know that next man up is all fine and dandy, but there's a reason a guy is a high draft pick. There's a, you know, like, like if a Lawrence Taylor went down, next man up oh, is all God. fine and dandy, but it was not going to be another <laughs> Lawrence Taylor. No. All right. All right. Well, you know what they should do? They should hire me to come in and sage the whole place so we can get the evil spirits out of there, uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll be better off. Ch- Charlie, without <laughs> question, I think they need you to come in. In fact, I'm going to recommend, let's okay. let's let's fly Charlie in from Portland, Maine. Thank you for the call, Charlie. We'll fly Thanks, Char- guys. Okay. Be good. We'll, we'll fly Charlie in to give an inspirational talk.
and then they might hang him in the locker room before he's able to leave. <laughs> God bless Charlie. All right, uh, 201-939-4513. Let's go to Austin. And Austin's not there? Okay, Austin. Uh, oh, he dropped hit, out. Hit, he'll, he'll call back. All right, yeah, give us a call back. We lost you. Hey, uh, Russ, there's another item that I wanted to bring up, only because it relates to the Thibodeau and Ojolari situation. Mm -hmm. If you're the Giants and you've lost your two premier edge rushers, you may want to use one of your practice squad activations on uh, Quincy Roche this week. You hate to have to use one of those this early in the season, but uh, you know we know that O'Shane Zimenez is available, and Wink Martindale just really sang his praises at the presser this morning, but that's only one. Your other edge rusher, you know, would you put Coughlin out there? Would you put Cam Brown out there? Or do you just say, you know what, maybe Quincy Roche has to come up from the practice squad. I would not object to that. He's stout. He's strong. He plays the run well, holds the edge. Against Derrick Henry, Roche could be an asset. I, I wouldn't, no, there's no disputing that. I, listen, every time you mention Derrick Henry, you kind of, if you're on an opposing team. I, I will never forget what Wing Martindale said today because to me, if you are a football player and somebody says he's the modern-day Jim Brown, there is no higher compliment, especially right. for a running back in this league. There right. is no higher compliment. In fact, I'll be honest with you, in, in now 40 years I'm covering this team in this league, and Russ, I think you'll probably second this, I've never heard anybody mentioned in the same breath as Jim Brown. Never. Never. Not one. Never. And that's why when everybody talks, I see these lists that you, you get them on Facebook and Twitter. And, and I say, every time I see a list of running backs, if Jim Brown is not at the top of the list, I'm thinking, these people haven't seen everything. They haven't seen everything because that was a different beast. Totally a different beast. All right, he's back. Let's go back to uh, Florida, down to Florida, and check in with Austin. Hello, Austin. How you doing? Good, good. How you guys doing? Hi. Good. Um, so I know we're going to be in a nickel defense 90% uh, of the time this season. Um, I'm expecting a 3-4 uh, other than that. So I mainly wanted to know if we're going to see any bit of DJ Davidson. Here, here's what I would say. First of all, don't put any kind of percentages on it because basically Wink Martindale runs, and I posted this item today, all right? I've been talking about it for months but I posted it today off of Wink's press conference, and I think it might help help answer your question just a little bit. Let me see if I can pull up my post here. Uh, in paraphrasing Martindale, okay, uh, he said here, he explains that he stresses schematics and not position names when he makes his personnel packages. Why do I bring that up? Well, he was asked this morning about what are you going to do at the inside linebacker spot that Blake Martinez used to occupy? Is it tough to replace that guy on such short notice? And who do you think is going to take the job? And he, he answered it by basically saying, you, you don't understand. These positions are not cast in cement. And again, I'm paraphrasing, but he has a fluid, flexible amoeba type of defense which is what they ran in baltimore 
linebackers who play safety, safeties who play linebacker, edge rushers who play inside, defensive tackles who play defensive ends, defensive ends who play defensive tackles. You might as well just throw out position names because that's not how Wink Martindale lines his guys up on the field. He simply says on a given play, a given series, a given day, these are the 11 guys that I think give me the best chance to stop the other team. These are the 11 guys I'm putting out there, and this is what each guy is going to do. The hell with positions. So understand that. So don't box him in as a 3-4 who's going to play a lot of nickel. Don't do that. I I told John Schmuck the other day on on, on the show, I said, don't be shocked. Now, there are going to be times when Wink's defense has no guys with their hands in the dirt on the defensive line. Sometimes there'll be one. Sometimes there'll be two. Sometimes there'll be three. Sometimes there'll be four. And, and there'll right. be times where on that front line, whether they're standing up or they got their hands down, there could be as few as three guys or as many as seven or eight. I mean, right, this right. guy, this guy is an absolute Rubik's Cube from front to back of the defense. So don't try to quantify what he is or what he's going to do. I would submit, I would probably stack, all right, three or four down linemen on obvious rushing downs against the Titans to get more beef up there. Because right now, to this point in the preseason when they were vanilla, his most frequent defense was two down linemen with their hands down and then either safeties or linebackers standing up on the line. I would submit to you against Derrick Henry if it were me, I might go with at least three, but probably four down linemen. I might go with Williams, Lawrence, maybe Ellis, and maybe Nick Williams up on the line. I might even play... Jihadi Ward, all right, a lot as a stand-up guy, as the fifth guy up on that line of scrimmage. And even consider sneaking down a sixth guy on that line of scrimmage because I want to flood lanes and put as much power and beef on that line of scrimmage against Derrick Henry as I possibly could. Now, if you think that DJ Davidson could be one of those guys, okay, I wouldn't argue with you. But I suspect that Wink is intelligent enough and variable enough that you will see some of that defense in this game on Sunday. How about that for an answer? Yeah, yeah that's great. And that's mainly what I was thinking, um, having a 3-4 you know, attack against Derrick Henry and have three down linemen almost every play. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of thought D.J. Davidson flashed a little bit against the run um, in the preseason. But, of course, you know, the, the offensive lineman he was going against Probably yeah. don't have jobs today. So think more along the lines of maybe a Jelly Ellis or a Nick Williams, probably before Davidson. But if Davidson gets some snaps in there, it wouldn't shock me. No. Nice. All right. Okay. All, All right. right. And I also have another question um, about the offensive uh, sets as well. Um, I know we we came from a long ways uh, from Ben McAdoo uh, running the eleven personnel, but it almost seems like. Uh, we're going to be a majority 11 personnel as well, only having two tight ends on the depth chart. Um, do you think, though, we're going to be running 12 personnel a good amount of the time with two tight ends? I don't think so at all, to be honest with you. I, I think I think the tight ends are going to be minimized in this offense. Wow. Okay. Uh, 
see, I, I can't form an opinion on the tight ends because from what I've seen, I mean, you know, Bellinger's a kid. You know, you know, I mean, I haven't seen anything in camp that like, wow. I mean, he, he, listen, he's a big guy, but uh, until we see something different. You, you know what, Paul? And thanks for the call, Austin. I'm not going to be surprised with anything I see because I'm not expecting anything. Right. You know, I, I, I think I think uh, Dave's is playing stuff close to the vest. And, and I don't have a problem with it. It's the same thing. I'll never ask constant questions about the injuries and this and that. When is this guy coming? I know everybody wants to know this, and I know the callers and listeners want to know, but it, I'm going to hear the same thing every day, you know, day to day. Yeah, he's making progress. Day to day, he's making progress. Yeah. When I see him out there, that's when I'll know. One, one thing to keep in mind, though, Russ, uh, Wink has this philosophy, and so does Dable. They've expressed it. They just want the best players on the field in certain situations. And I think we all know the Giants' tight end position is very thin yeah. and unproven, which says to me they're going to be more apt to lean on guys at the other positions, the running backs and the wide receivers, because there's more proven and experienced talent in those spots. Myrick, by the way, believe it or not, they're actually listing him as a fullback on the depth chart now because they're looking at him as more as an H-back as opposed to a tight end. Actually, Just so I, you know. I noticed that too. Yeah. He's a blocker. Yes. And, and that's what they, they seem to want to use him as. I, I will say this. Uh, I had my radar out for an experienced tight end uh, during the final cuts. And obviously somebody like O.J. Howard, who was one of the bigger names out there, was, was set free, and he wound up going somewhere else. Uh, I didn't think the group of free agent tight ends over the last ring of cuts was very impressive, to be frank with you. I, I didn't get bowled over by, by too many of those names. I, I think all of us were watching you know, training camp, waiting for, if you will, a tight end to like stick. There's no Bavaro dropping out of the sky. No, to, to stick <laughs> out. You know, we, we, we didn't see that. And, and I think... Listen, they would want, if somebody wowed them, they'd be on a team. But nobody wowed them at the tight end position in camp. I mean, well, you know what? I stand corrected. I don't know that. Maybe there's something in Bellinger, Bellinger that they say, wow, okay? Well, they drafted him for a reason. Yeah. They do think he has the potential yes. to be a good one. Yes. I, I, you know, that's fair. So I, I want to, you know, correct myself on that. But... To, to say you can just grab anybody, no, anybody just doesn't play the tight end position. We've seen that time and time again. You know, Paul was talking about Howard Cross earlier, you know, in, in terms of his blocking skills and everything else. So uh, th that's to me, is a position that a lot of times uh, people don't understand how difficult it just is. Just remember this, Russ. If what I said about things before, it's kind of – chicken or the egg thing i do think this offense de-emphasizes the pass catching tight end i do i think they want that tight end to be able to hold the point of attack help out with some of the blocking but i don't think it's going to have a significant role well if it's not then do you really want to invest a lot of extra resources in it when you've got x number of dollars invested in your running back and your wide receivers 
you re- I mean, there's only so much to go around, and we know the Giants are tight under the cap. So exactly how much money did you want to pay well, to try uh, to go out and get somebody but, at tight end? But that's a whole other story, Paul. You're that's part a, of you're, it. No, no, no. You're 100% right. Uh, again, it's very easy for somebody to say, well, why can't I could get this guy and I can get that guy. Well, what are you going to pay this guy and that guy? These guys came in, Joe Shane came in, dealing with an issue, a cap issue. He's got to work on it. He's got to maneuver. He's got to do a little shaking and baking and finagling and, and, and get himself in position, which he's been trying to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, Slayton just took a, a, about a million and a half pay cut to come back. You know, it's all, it's all part of the process. So to say, why well, you can get anybody, yeah, you can get anybody. Are they good? And, and if somebody's really good out there, what's the price tag on them? <laughs> Folks, it doesn't just work. Oh, this is easy. Get this guy. We're dealing in a cap business, okay? Listen, it's been great being back, Paul. Uh, I mean, a lot of fun the first, and then to be have Charlie, 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 Charlie bestow a call on us. Oh my! And Charlie didn't even annoy me today. He used up his allotment for the week just for you. There you go. I can't blame him. What the hell? Anyway, folks, listen, I want to thank everybody for listening to today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live, which is part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com, our slash podcast. Uh, Paulie, uh, Pearson, my friend, uh, thanks for being here. It is just, I, I can't tell you how happy I am to be back here in the building, you know, talking Big Blue Kickoff, talking to the players, going into the locker room. Being part of the whole uh, the, the whole situation. So again, folks, un- unless something changes, and I don't expect that. I know Paulie, there's going to be one week down the road where we're going to switch, but it'll be Russ Salzberg and Paul Dettino every Wednesday, twelve thirty to one thirty here on Big Blue Kickoff on Giants.com and the Giants app. Talk to you next week, folks. Thanks for being here. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top ten for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.